Aspire to dream. Aspire to achieve. Aspire to lead. Aspire to forge your own path. I'm Josh Booth, and on behalf of the Aspire team, welcome to Chapter 7. Ed Crawford reminisces about his 50-year avocation as a basketball player at the highest amateur levels in the game. It's a fun sports story, but listen closer. There's much to be learned in basketball that serves the entrepreneur well in the business world. This is Aspire Chapter 7, Lessons on the Court. Why would you get in a business that's so hard? You know, the reason I see that manufacturing is so hard is because it's so real. You actually have to do something. You've got to produce something that you can hold in your hand. There's so many businesses, especially nowadays. Nobody has to manufacture. You know, so much is virtual nowadays. But in your business, every day, it's there's so much to be responsible for. There's supply lines. There's people that have to do real work with their hands. Stuff has to be transported and planned and everything else. Why did you pick that kind of business? It was there. Was that John Carroll at night school? And it seemed like I had to get started. I had to get started going somewhere. I wasn't going to be going to have the time and the energy and the, and the dollars to spend and get myself a real formal education. I wasn't very good at that kind of thing anyway because of my issue with dyslexia. You know, but the question is, that never bothered me. You know, these things, they, sure, they seem like impediments. They're not. They're, they're sources of energy. That's why I come back to rejection and, you know, the whole idea. Rejection, I turn rejection into energy. Mm-hmm. Rejection and energy. That's the entrepreneurial spirit. That's the, that's the difference. Other people have learned to do the same thing. You can learn. You don't have to take rejection and consume it and have it eat you alive or break you down or make you less effective. You know, I explain rejection this way. It's everywhere, even with people that love you and everything else. They say, well, you're too small or it's too early. There's always a reason. Disguise and all that reason is no. You start on your sitting over there with that microphone. If you could start with any uh, negative motion, if I see it even coming, if I think that you're going to bring out any form of rejection to me, I'm not going to accept it. You can't get it past the microphone because right in the middle of this table or before that, I'm going to stop it. It's I'm like a, stop it a magic shield. That's right. I've built that there to say I am not going to be waste my time, energy, or anything listening to that. I believe in myself. I've got to believe in myself, and I have to see through this thing. I'm not going to start crying. I'm not going to lose my t- temperament. I'm not going to do something stupid. I'm just going to keep on motoring along. There's a lot of rejection in life. It's not that easy. And it's sure not easy if you're going to try to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You better lace up your shoes and get ready to play. Every day. Hey, you say lace up your shoes. And before you said, hey, this is a layup. You use basketball analogies fairly often. Were you a basketball player? Do you have a big interest in basketball? I have a very big interest in basketball. Basketball is, uh, when I think about a hobby or what's very pleasing to me, there for 25 years, I was played basketball at Cleveland Athletic Club at least three or four days a week. I played and started playing in Masters tournaments many years ago. And, and tell us, what, what are Masters tournaments? Masters tournaments begin with mostly ex-college players and so forth. They still want to keep playing. It starts at 40. 
and it goes 40 to 45, 45 to 50, 60 to 65. There are 12 teams on a national basis. Indianapolis has a team. Buffalo has a team. California has a team. Portland has a team. And there's a tournament. And these are 60-year-old basketball players. Wait a second. There are teams <laughs> now. It's, it's 70. <laughs> and But you, you think, <laughs> like, in 65, which the division, you know, we were very effective. We had a wonderful team there. Tom Chestnut, the old Cavs president, was on right. our team that won the tournament in Buffalo. And these are real, real it's real basketball, division one rules, you know. You won a national championship yeah. at the Masters level? Yeah, 65. My team won it. I didn't win it. Well, your team I won did it. My, I did my part. Where was the championship game? In Buffalo. In Buffalo. And who did you defeat? We defeated a company from Portland. Portland, Oregon. Right. There are 10 teams. So when you think of it this way, there's 10 teams. They care about 10 to 12 players. So it's 12 times 10. That's that's the total number of people in the whole United States that still can play basketball at 65 years old. Just about. Full court. That's uh-huh. it. It's 120 players. And a lot of them were great players in college oh, and, and high and, school. And, and, and if you, after four years of being out professionally, you can come in and play. It's very competitive. The most exciting game I ever played in, I was selected to play in in one division because the team captains of the 12 teams get to pick their team to go into the international. So I was got to play against Lithuania in <laughs> Australia mm-hmm. one year. And it's hysterical because the game before we played the Lithuanians, you know, was against Australia. Uh-huh. And that, there's, that, that game was scheduled for 9 o'clock in the morning. So uh, we left the hotel and we got over there, all of us. And there were all the Australians all in the parking lot drinking already. Good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> so they, good team, but they were, there were just, then we played Lithuanian in the afternoon. Were they as tough as we hear, Lithuanians? Well, well, in European basketball, you can hand check. Right. You can touch people. No. Right. And people should understand when you say hand check in basketball in Europe, it doesn't mean a little pat. That no, means you, you, that, it's almost a little punch. It's like holding. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't mind that. In fact, I kind of liked that a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, but uh, going to Lithuania, playing there, we, we finally beat them. But uh, one thing I like about basketball, and maybe every time it comes up in my life in different ways, you can go anywhere. I bought a company in, in New York City called National Can. They made cans for olive oil. Mm-hmm. It was located in downtown in Brooklyn, and it was directly, they had, they had two courts there, and it was the place to go. If you want to play basketball, pick up basketball, you got to go to the west side. They've got two or three courts to play there. You, you can get great games. Right across from our plant was those two courts. This is in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And at 9 o'clock in the morning, they're still playing at 12 o'clock at night with the lights. Right. People coming. And people should understand, the, these are close to world-class pickup basketball players. They are world-class. And the one thing about basketball, they don't care where you come from, who you are. Either you can put it in the hoop or you can't. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful... I was in Buffalo, not that year the tournament we won at 60, 65. I was in, in Buffalo the year before. And the games start on Friday. So you, you try to get there on Thursday. So I was there on Thursday, and like all these colleges, there are these tremendous, they have like 10 courts, and kids are always playing. But the, the most important games start about three thirty, four 4 o'clock after classes, 
it's winter stay on, you know, and you got to stay in order. And if you lose, you don't get to play the second game. So I'm playing in court number three. My mind, it's court number nine is where they're playing. So I'm staying there and I've been shooting. I've been there for a half hour. Some comes, a young guy comes over, taps me on the shoulder and he says, sir, 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 we're up next and my roommate's not here. Would you just start with us so we can get into, into play? And I, I said, well, yeah. So he obviously was looking at me coming down. So he's at least like a dribble, you know. And at that time, I'm maybe 55 or 60 years, 50 years old, 58 years old, 50, 60, whatever. How, how old was this guy that tapped you on the shoulder? 16, 17. <laughs> so we so got, you got into the regular game. So you're playing against 18-year-olds. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So. How'd you do? I get on the court. Can you take the ball out? Mm-hmm. I said, of course I can take it out. And he said, well, just give it to me. So I give him the ball, and down the, down the court we go. And, and these games, are they're playing defense right off the bat mm-hmm. because you don't have much time. If you don't win that game, you're screwed. you got to wait another two hours. So he goes down. So I run down like this. Not even look, They're not looking at it. They're all looking at the foreman, looking at each other, cutting back and forth and picking in. And da, da, da. I, I kind of slide along the side over on the right side because – no one's going to have to. I'm not going to have to handle their point guard or two. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. get. I'm going to try to line up with the three. You know, so I'm picking to make sure I don't embarrass myself. So I get down there, and all of a sudden, over the corner, he comes in. He takes the ball. He throws it to his buddy. The buddy throws the ball to me. Uh huh. I turn around, and I've never, ever passed up a 21 foot shot ever. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about passing it up. Up it goes. <laughs> Right in the center of the thing. So here comes Grandpa. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what, are they uh, like amazed? Well, they're amazed. They're amazed. Their their friend, the buddy, shows up, uh-huh. and he's waving at him and so forth. And he's just <laughs> so I finished the game. You know, we won the game. <laughs> <laughs> they told the the latecomer, "Hey, you just stay on the bench for a while." <laughs> yeah, we got, but, Grandpa's know, doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The games that were really. Tough games were the YMCA on the west side. Mm-hmm. Boy, in that little gym there. Oh, were, I've uh, played there. Yeah, and I used to go over there. Barry Clemens was there all the He was the best player, in the, obviously, in the, in the league. Uh-huh. But we had Vince Brookins and a couple other great players. So, Well, those can be tough games. Tough games. Hey, let me, let me back up for a second. Okay, in Brooklyn, in these games when you were playing, it was great games. In Brooklyn, what was the mix of the players? Was it was it a good mix? Was it mostly black, Hispanics in there? It was everybody. The, the mixed teams were the best teams. Mm-hmm. They, they all they everyone knew each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question is, who is there in line? Yeah, to play? Who's, who's around? Who's okay. available? And let's just play ball. They, they just play ball. And the court's not that big, so it, a lot of times it would be three on three. Mm-hmm. It's a small court, so. But the games are fast. Sure. And you have to win the whole court. Yeah, that's right. It's about not who you are, where you come from, or anything else. Either you can shoot the ball or you can't. Put the, you know, it's, it's really. Right. Well, hey, you know why I asked about that? And uh, we've talked for hours now about different things and different businesses and different. With you, race hardly ever comes up. And, and the stories you've told and the lessons you've given us about all kinds of different businesses uh, parts of your life and different places you've lived and visited, there's never been any discussion about race. It seems like 
you're almost colorblind. It just doesn't matter to you. Well, I don't think I'm colorblind. I actually, I think I'm quite aware. You know, I would like to characterize it. I'm very respectful. I'm very respectful for everyone. There's no one I discount, and I meet him for any reason. Mm -hmm. Everyone, individually, I give them the same benefit of doubt I want people to give me. I want to them, I want to treat them like I want to be treated. And if I'm willing to be good and work hard and you know and be honorable in all the things that I wanted to be su successful, I am successful. I'm measuring success in lots of ways, not financially. I'm way past that. Again, <laughs> I'm I'm this is about wanting to play a role and being needed by people. And the end result is everyone needs someone to help them on some basis, right? Mhm. Mm and from my, that viewpoint, that makes me feel good. I like the responsibility that comes with that. And I like the fact that people are depending on me, okay? I, I like that. It's good for me. You know, it's good for my personality. I'm back. When I came back, I went, so you're retiring. You come back from Ireland. I'm going to retire. I'm started up another company, Crawford United, which is not Park, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of competing with my son. <laughs> you know, you know, and, you know. Who's winning? Uh, he, well, he's got a, I built, he's got the aircraft carrier, and I helped build the aircraft carrier, so I got a little, you know, a little fast speedboat. But you know, it's not over yet. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. see. Yeah. Hey, I want to get back to basketball just okay. for one last question. Are there lessons in basketball? For business? It's countless. If you're on a basketball court and you're going back and forth and you got five people, when things are going good, it's like a symphony. You can feel it on the court. You can feel the relationship between those five people. You can feel it. You can feel it in sports. You can feel it in a lot of things. But basketball, it's highly, when I was fighting in the Golden Gloves and in the Army and answered, that's one-on-one. -on -one. That's like a gladiator sport. That's, that's not a lot of fun. Being on a team or being a part of a team and being on a court and moving back and forth, it's exciting to have that feeling the, of the, like music. If you look at it that way and you want to move that over in the business world, it's the same thing. I've been on the court when it's, the music is very choppy. I've been on the court when it's been really good. You know, mm -hmm. There's a difference, okay? And everyone could feel it. It's the same in a, in a business, in a culture. We've tried to develop a culture at, at Park Ohio and all of our companies that it's a it's a it's a team sport. You got a role to play, and we got a role to play. And your role is not always easy. The entrepreneurs are very important. Everyone wants to talk about the success of the entrepreneur because they became a billionaire or this or that, and it's it's a it's a hell of a difference. I wish I'd have come up with the idea of Facebook, but I didn't. And and uh, becoming an entrepreneur and doing that. It's good luck. I mean, but they they worked in a garage to develop Facebook. So they did. So there's lots of. I'm not taking the meaning there. What they're doing and making manufacturing better. It's just different. You mm -hmm. know, the door was open for me from where I came from. I started manufacturing. Maybe I could have done something else, but by most standards, I've been pretty successful. And you know, and the result is, in that period, I've done very well for myself personally and so forth. But I can choose to be measured by the jobs and the jobs I've created and the culture we have. And uh, that's embedded in my family. And I hope my grandchildren pick it up. Hey, I, I really think that uh, just uh, one word there about uh, basketball, when it's going well, it's like a symphony. I think that uh, means a lot. And I think that applies to business. And it's, uh, 
uh, so apparent, and it applies to so many businesses. Now, in businesses, okay, you don't have five people on the court. Sometimes you have, like you, 8,000. Right. And they, they can't fit on a basketball court. Right. But, but the sense of what you're saying is the same, that if the business is going really well, all those 8,000 people are really kind of working together. They're playing their different roles. Some are point guards, some are centers, uh, some are water boys. It's similar. Isn't success kind of similar? I've been coming to this building to see Jerry Quinn and, and the Irish show for years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, it's fun to communicate with that. And obviously being the Irish ambassador, I try to get here as often as I can to communicate in that way. 90 days ago, you and I were not sitting down talking about this. This is sort of a special project, I believe it is, else you wouldn't be sitting here. And there's music here in this building. I can feel it. I can feel a successful company running and operating with lots of personalities mm -hmm. like you and so forth. And I come and go and so forth. But the net result is it's the same thing. The court, the music feels good here. It's the court. You know, everyone should be proud of that. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't, if I didn't feel that, that music. Boy, that's interesting that you would say that. That So you could go anywhere into any business, and before too long, you would get a feel for, as you say, kind of the, the music of that business. And sometimes it's not so great. Sometimes it's discordant. Uh, yes. And, but sometimes, and you enjoy it, when the music's good. Well, I enjoy it. It's strange enough. I enjoy it sometimes the business when the music's not that good, you know, because if I'm out there, I'm trying to make the music better, you know, uh -huh. in other words, I mean, I just don't categorically accept anything that's negative as something that I have to, you know, live with. You mm -hmm. know, I, I can't change. In Chapter 7, Ed Crawford first employs the music metaphor to illustrate how teammates at their best work together in rhythm and harmony. He expands on that metaphor as he takes it to the business world in Aspire Chapter 8. Listen to the music. I'm Josh Booth. Thanks for listening.